Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Miller, lovely cushion header. But Gerrard! Oh, you beauty! What a headshot! What a head! Time to Luis Garcia. Tries his mark. Hello everybody and welcome to another episode of the Champions League podcast. Uh, you join us on a day of mixed news really. Um, I suppose the good news is the Champions League draw has been made. We found out our opponents in 2021 and that will be RB Leipzig of Germany. But then a sad thing since today's news, um, the passing of our old manager Gerard Houllier. Uh, joining me today to have a discussion over such events is Guy Drinkle. How are you today sir? Yeah, a bit of a mixed day, really. I mean, it's always a somber mood. I, I was very, I was quite young when when Julio was our manager, but ultimately he's my he's my first Liverpool manager. Whilst I was following the club, um, probably two thousand two, two thousand three, the first couple ones I can remember. Like that wasn't peak Julio. I obviously missed the two thousand one um, season. Uh, maybe subconsciously remember the title challenge season, but it's your first Liverpool manager and it, it it's just, it's a strange feeling. I mean, he, he seems beloved and like it, it it's strange. Hard to put your finger yeah, on it. Yeah. It, it's scary. Like for, a, for a manager to make such an impact and we've obviously got the banner on the cop with, with the title and champions league winning managers and stuff. And people say he's deserving of of being on that, and I know the treble obviously is huge, but people like give him the credit, due due credit, obviously. Looking back now, but the due credit of modernising Liverpool Football Club, like I, I recorded the pro side tribute pod, I, I hope it'll be on the free side at some point. Um, it's it it's just scary, like what what could have been if it wasn't for for Gerard Houllier, like. We probably wouldn't have got Rafa. We may have gone back to British only and all that jazz. And we we've seen how that's affected some clubs. Um, we probably wouldn't have got Klopp. It, it it just it's a scary thought. So for the importance that bloke had, and not winning one of the big two cups, but just to be thought of in such high esteem, like in my lifetime, comparatively to Rafa and Klopp, like he's he's thought of as that highly. It's an it, it's it's just it's just great, but it's such a sad, sad time really. Um, he's obviously had the heart issues. Was it was it twenty two thousand two when he was two thousand and two? Yeah. Um, I mean, for me, he, he wasn't my first manager. I suppose when when I started going the game, it was Roy Evans. Um, but he was the first manager for me that introduced European football as I mm. know it as a Liverpool fan. Um. Obviously, the the two thousand and one season will never be forgotten, and I suppose I was I was at that age of around about fourteen then, where you know football is everything, um, and seeing us do well in Europe. I mean, I vaguely remember European games in the nineties, but we weren't ever very good. I think the the earliest probably European memory for me would be the Celtic game with McManaman, and that was vague. Um, but the two thousand and one season. You've never seen anything like it since that. That team, it was, it was probably not a title winning. Well, it wasn't a title winning team, but it was a perfectly executed cup mm. team. And like the finals, even like the FA Cup final, was a late couple of strikes by Michael Owen. The 
the final against Alaves and Dortmund went to extra time. I don't think you'll see another final that finishes 5-4, albeit obviously it was extra time and the, the golden goal or the silver goal, however it was at the time. But he's underestimated, I think. And it's sad that it's taken something like this to, to maybe see the appreciation that he brought to the club. Um, because, he, as you said, he revolutionised. Mm-hmm. I think he he come in probably with the, the same method of thinking as Arsene Wenger, where sports science was something that the dinosaurs of English football overlooked. And he, he say he modernised the game. He, he brought players to the club that, that are legends. That when you think of the likes of, well, Gerard coming through under him, Carrigan mainly come mm-hmm. through Owen. under him, yeah. Owen. Um, he didn't get on with Fowler, but if you see Fowler's post about him, he, he did highly appreciate him. Um, and just just what he done for 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 those as a club, he you say we wouldn't be where we are today. I don't think without mm. him. So, and well, let's be honest. I mean, Rafa won us the Champions League because he was a brilliant manager, but that team was Gerard Julia's team. It was Julia's team. Yeah. What was it, Alonso and Garcia that been to Rafa bought? So he's basically in that final year. Yeah. And I think. Like even the likes of CC who come on, he had Schmitzer was one of his players. Mm. Big Hippier, Honcho, well Honcho didn't play them, but he brought Hippier and Honcho in. They were stalwarts at the back. I think probably paid a combined fee of around about eight million for the pair of them. Um, you know he he he'd be greatly missed, and I, I think now is now more than ever. Like in the in the year that we've had, it's it's a, such a a sad time to lose him so close to Christmas and you know it, he will be fondly remembered by Liverpool fans and I think unfortunately he, he's passed so he won't see it but his family and those closest to him and his, his former players will see something probably at the club in his memory because he, he was a great and in, in the modern game you'd you'd nobody wins five trophies in a season like you, you just don't see it happening anymore mm. I mean clubs have come close like powerhouses like Munich and Barcelona, but okay, it wasn't the the glory treble of the Champions League and the title, but you know, winning five cups in mm. under twelve months is dominated French football with Leon, didn't he as well? It's something special. Yeah. And he, he went on to manage France. He done well, I remember at Villa. And I think the outstanding memory for most, I, I would say, would be yeah. that game when he came back against Roma on the bench. And he, he'd spent time in a local hospital. He put a lot into local charities, and that moment when he come out. Into the dugouts, it, it was, it was spine tingling. It was, mm. it, it was Liverpool at its finest on the European nights, and I think mm. everyone should go and maybe just YouTube that clip and just yeah. see like, the power and how how great he was appreciated. So, just I, like a moment for for Gerard yeah. Houllier, really. T- it, it, it's strange, isn't it? Because obviously he's in English football, he's associated with us rightly, but I, I was quite curious because. Obviously, the the news broke, and I was like, I wonder what Aston Villa fans think of him, because it, I think it was 2010-ish, so maybe football had moved on a bit, and you, and you look at the comments, and like, most of them are like, if it wasn't for illness, he, he could have made this into something. It, it's it, it's just such a shame, because he's obviously a brilliant man. I think I think he was involved with the Red Bull football stuff, um, them getting into football and how their systems work, and... I think he rolls at UEFA and FIFA. So he's obviously such a great footballing mind. And for him to be associated, mainly associated with our club, and it was his club, I think everyone's heard the story of him. I think he was at uni or he did either. A, a, he was a teacher at local school yeah, as well. Yeah, something like that, yeah. So he, he's got the city within his heart and the, the city have got him within their hearts. And I think that's that's the most fitting tribute you can mm. give to him and, that's the difference between. I don't want to uh, badmouth anyone, but I'll use Roy as the obvious example. Obviously, Roy Hodgson, there was no connection. Brendan Rodgers, there was a bit, but there wasn't as much. The the ones that connect with the the crowd and the city, your Raffers, your Julia, like Raffers living on the Wirral, isn't he? He's yeah, he's po- back now. He's just posting, dogs, he's posting dog pics every day, <laughs> and and Klopp like. Obviously, success helps, but the connect. If you connect, it's just like obviously this is me as someone from the northeast. But if you connect with the city, it obviously builds you up for success on the pitch. But you also become folklore. You become loved by the 
the city, the locals, the worldwide fan base. Yeah, and they obviously living within the city and not really knowing anything other than Liverpool. It's it's one of them things like when you when you're from Liverpool, you you sort of take these people in as one of your own, and if they take you in as one of their own, then that's the connection. And I think obviously now people can see that with Klopp, like Klopp come in and he instantly connected with the fan base and that rapport and connection that's there now. But that was there 20 years ago when Julier was with us. And I don't think people could quite understand it now, but he he probably wasn't as loved as Klopp is, but he was loved by the fans. And as I say, for those that haven't seen it, just, just have a look at that. That reception he got when he come out to the dugout where he had been in hospital, I think it was two to three months, and um, Phil Thompson sort of took over and guided us through. But he was murmuring to think that he was going to come back for that game, and then he, he was announced he was going to be there. And I don't think you'll hear Anfield louder on the European night, maybe only the Barcelona game. But at that time, it was it was spiting on that he 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 come back, and as you say, unfortunately for. Only as illness that he could have probably been a legend within the game even more than than what he is now. And I mean, he's loved in in French football massively. He was involved with the national team and the setup. And you see footballers who didn't even play for Liverpool who, who were in the French setup who have come out with Ben's massive outpourings of emotion. Ben Zemmer tweeted, "I was like, Christ, you'd think he's like he's been only been around what ten on years, so that shows what." He did for I think French he was connected to Claire Fontaine, yeah. though, wasn't he, with the, the yeah. youth set-up? And... I think he gave him his debut at Lyon as well. So he, yeah. he, he has touched a lot of people and a lot of players in the game. So, as we say, it's not how we wanted to start this podcast, but it had to be with European podcast. We have to appreciate the man who brought us mm. massive European success. So all the best to his family and friends, and I fought it all with him. And may, may he rest in peace, old Gerard. Absolutely, rest in peace. So, so now we we we'll get to the to the the business of the Champions League podcast, and as I say, we didn't do one last week because, well, we didn't know what we were going to get. <laughs> um, <laughs> it, it was it was the deadest of rubbers, but you know, as it transpired, we got a mixed lineup. We were we were all playing the guessing game of who we were going to get, so we all have a little two-minute reflection on that Michelin game because there's not much to reflect on. Um, we we had a mixed mixed team as it was. Um, more fair team as than we probably expected, but coming out of the game, it was a one-all draw. VAR dominated for the wrong reasons again. Um, but we lost Jotter and we lost Simicast, so in hindsight, was it probably the wrong decision to play those lads? Um... Simicast, no, because he definitely needed the game time. He's obviously been very in and out with with injuries, and he had COVID as well, didn't he? Um, yeah. So Simac, Christ, I almost forgot. <laughs> Just went with a random name there. Simicast, um, fair enough. Like it's it's just unfortunate. It, it didn't look like a huge injury either, but it just that seems to be the story of our of our season so far. Players look like they can play on, and they're just to get in, the, the injuries worse than um, first thought. I mean, I'm sure I remember Simicus walking off the pitch and um, seemingly out, was it, is it two months? I think it's six to eight weeks, isn't it? So it's Yeah, it's roughly the same as Jota's timeline has been yeah. missed as about. Yeah. I mean, even with Jota, Jota, Jota stayed on, didn't played he? Played on, yeah. yeah. But I think we, well, we've seen Mermorans, it's knee injury and posterior cruciate ligaments I see mentioned, which some were saying it was ruled out for the season. That was the, the information I got. But as it's transpired, it, it's not as bad as those rumours. And six to eight weeks, but it's six to eight weeks in the meat and bones of the season where... You have a hundred games. <laughs> game, we've already had a, a, a chaotic schedule, but thick and fast. And I think the only blessing we could say is he should be back for the return of the Champions League. Yeah, that's a good point, actually. It's uh, a good point. You, we'll probably bring it up, but you you, you mentioned the February, um, early March schedule to me um, just before we started recording. 
well, yeah, we're probably going to need some of our squad back by then. So, yeah. Yeah, would be nicer. Yeah, it'd be nice, considering we have a deep squad. We just haven't had a deep squad. <laughs> yeah, we, we, we've we got a deep deep squad in terms of a swimming pool, but we've been very much in the shallow end of it all, yes. all through this yes. season. Um, and as someone throws us a rubber ring, the other one's bursting the, the arm rings behind yeah. us. So I suppose... You know, we'll we'll look back on the Champions League group as it is. I mean, we did finish the the Champions League stage top of the group, so you know, a small positive to take from that. Um, but we started our campaign off away to Ajax way back in October. Um, you know, it wasn't that long ago, but it, it feels it with all these games. So a one nil victory away to Ajax. I think the game for me will be remembered for three things. One of them being the Gomez. Adrian mix up where they nearly ran into each other and mm. confusion. Uh, the Fabinho off the line clearance was in that game, I think. One of mm. I think three he's made this season. And a very weird winner, which we got where Manny flashed the ball across the box and it was Tagliafico put into his own net yeah. trying to clear with the wrong yeah. foot. So, you know, I don't think we were going to get much from my ex, but you take what you're given in them games. Yeah, this game literally feels like, I mean, literally feels like a year ago. <laughs> it's uh, COVID time. But yeah, I, I remember we, I don't think we were under siege, but the, the sloppiness was there. We had Adrian in goal, as you mentioned. He, he's, he's since been demoted to third choice, um, which sums that problem up. Gomez was having, Obviously, this is a pre-injury, but he was having an inconsistent season at the time anyway. He had, I think he had a really good game, then had an all right game, and then this Ajax game, he was a bit of a mess, wasn't he? So, mm-hmm. there was inconsistencies there. Fabinho was still settling in, in the position, but as you say, he made an important clearance and stuff, and we, we just weren't really clicking in this game. We, almost, we pretty much nicked the win, let's be honest. Yeah, I mean... To get out of there with a clean sheet, I think that was the the bonus on the night. I mean, I don't think anyone expected us to go to Ajax and keep a clean sheet, albeit Ajax are not the team they were two years ago. But as we, we've seen in in later games, other games in the group, they have got a talented batch of youngsters there and a few experienced players who can still do a job for them. So we moved on from that um, and we welcomed Mitchell to Anfield for our first home European game of the season. Hard four two nil win. Um, Josh had opened the score on the night. Um, he got the club's ten thousandth goal in all competitions and being there. And then I seem to remember that was the night that Fabinho done his hamstring. Yeah, he, he went off on half an hour. Um, and we seen Reese Williams um come on and you know I forgot to mention Reese did actually come on in the in the Ajax game and he featured throughout the mm. the Champions League campaign and it was a bit of a a boring match from what I remember, but we got a late on penalty. Salah converted as he does. Um two nil, but you know, it wasn't much to write home about. I think it was you know, Jossa was I think that was three or four games in then he was firing on all cylinders. And yeah, I think that again that game would just be remembered for the one where we lost Fabinho for I think it was four matches we lost him for. Yeah, rings a bell. Rings a bell. It's I'm I'm just getting the the lineups in front of me. Just hopefully remind me of something. We we played with um, Minamino and Origi up front with with Jota. Um, mm, mm, I think we we've had <laughs> yes thumbs <laughs> are mm, <laughs> I think we may have took this a bit. Obviously, the rest of the team is quite strong. Uh, Henderson, Milner, Shakiri in midfield. Um, but when we're not playing two of the front three. Uh, well, never mind one because Jota. Jota well, Jota was still mint, obviously, but he, he's still brand new at that stage. Um, so we didn't play any of the front three. Um, obviously, it's very different now with Jota, but yeah, we, even in even in the latest Michelin game, we we played more for much much too bloody long in that game. Um, so yeah, I think Klopp maybe just took it a, t- a, a tad too easy, but we got the win. Um, so yeah, fair enough, but. As you, as you said, we needed to bring on um, more, etc. So, yeah, maybe we should have started strong and subbed them off. Yeah, it was 
it was just one in games, but then you know you, you've got to got to play what's in front of you. You can only beat what's in front of you as it is poor. Um, so yeah, we we moved on to what many seen on paper was probably our toughest challenge in the group. Um, Atalanta away. Uh, I think I remember listening to Carl and Dave's scouted pod, and that was a game that they sort of predicted we might lose or even maybe get a draw out of. But lo and behold, it was most different to that. It was it was an emphatic 5-0 victory. Jota got a hat-trick. Um, Salah got one and Mane got one. But mm-hmm. I think it was all about the old-school Liverpool that night where we were ruthless on the counter-attack. And, you know, I think there was a lot of fears going into the game. The back two was Williams and Gomez um, in the middle of Robertson and Trent and then we lined up with a midfield of uh, Henderson, Jones and Wijnaldum which we've seen for the majority of this season. Bobby was left out slash rested but Jota come in laid down a claim with a hat-trick and as I say Mane and Salah got one either side of that. Um, But I think this was what we've all wanted to see more of this season. And I think we've only seen it maybe once or twice since, maybe Leicester and arguably Wolves. Wolves. Yeah. But it wasn't the the, the free flowing, fast counter attacking football that we've that we've got accustomed to in recent years. But mm. this goes down on paper as probably our best performance of the season, maybe with Leicester. Yeah, I'd say that. I think this is just you. you this is what European games can be because Premier League games. There's only City who will attack us properly. And even since we've battered them a couple of times, I think Pep's gone a lot more cautious against us in in recent games. So I think this is just what European games are, are capable of. Atalanta are obviously known for being the attacking team, and they tried. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, they it tried. could have easily been 5 all. Well, because They had plenty of chances, and I think... There was one where Sabata rattled. The Allison was back in goal. It's not going to happen. <laughs> well, yeah. If the other block was in, then yeah, but no. <laughs> That's the only thing that we. I think yesterday was the key pointer for that. How much we un well underappreciate the value of Allison. I think if yes, if Allison wasn't in goal yesterday as we record this was was the the Fulham game. Well, but... we we remember the Aston Villa game, don't we? <laughs> Do we remember it or do we want to ignore it? it? But, no, we remember it because it's in there. It's it's well, a big scar in there. <laughs> I think if if Allison had been not well, not maybe not Allison. Kelleher has done well in the last few games. Had it been Adrian in goal yesterday, I think we would have been on the back end of a four or five one. Oh five god, loss. Oh yeah, definitely. 100%. So I think yeah, his value is massively appreciated. I mean, the Atalanta game, I seem to remember he pulled off a couple of good saves and Zabata rattled the post, but that that's just the way Atalanta play. And I suppose that takes us nicely into the the, set, uh, well, the second meeting with Atalanta, the, the, the home game. And I didn't see this game for, for what it was worth. I was in work, but a 2-0 loss at home. So I'll let you do the talking on this one because I see nothing of it. And given the fact that we had lost, I was like, hey, there's nothing to watch there, and I think anyone who spoke to me on that night said, "Yeah, don't bother. It's not worth it." Yeah, if I remember correctly, was this a game more came back after COVID, and he was kind of rushed back? Yeah, that he, rings he a bell. An hour. Yeah. Um, so on that night, we we lined up Allison in goal. Um, Simica started left back. Uh, Nico at right back. Reese and. Massive in the middle. Yeah, I think uh, got, I think they subbed off at half time. Yeah, they did before. No, Massive played eighty four that night. Oh, did he? Um, okay. Yeah, we had the midfield of Milner, Wijnaldum, and Jones, which is not good. Yeah, it's very, very basic. Mm. Um, the main problem is still Origi. <laughs> Origi started yet yes. again. Salah started, and who am I missing? Mane. 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 Yeah. Because Mane's got nothing by his name, no goals, no substitutes on or off, which has we've been seen the story that too of a season. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I, I don't remember this game too well because we lost. But 
they had Ilicic back, what you've just read out of the team there, it was well, quite weak to be honest. Like Origi should be Minamino, let's be honest. Um, or just not Origi, whoever you want to put up there. And the def- the defence there is quite weak, but we literally have one fit centre-back, <laughs> who's now injured. In, <laughs> uh, with his, I think he had back spasms, so hopefully he's back for Spurs, but that's about it. But yeah, this this is just... it's. I think this was the game in, the ch- in terms of the Champions League where the injuries caught up to us, where we had to rotate, but we just we just simply can't. We just simply can't, like... It's uh, it's a problem. It was a problem, but hopefully people are back. I, I don't even know who's close to being back, but <laughs> yeah, it's uh, take your pick. Yeah, um, I seem to remember this game being the one that a lot of people put emphasis on winning, and the next and two or three off. hits. Mm. It wasn't to be. Um, we had to do it the week later at home to Ajax, and again another. Hard fought game against Ajax, a 1 0 victory. Um, the goal coming from Curtis Jones. Yeah, Curtis Jones, it was that night. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, Ajax had the chances from what I remember. I think, uh, Davy Classen could have probably got his name on the score sheets a couple of times, but I think this Ever- game will be Everton the one. just leaves it on you. Yeah. As soon as you go to Everton, it's in there. <laughs> yeah, I think this one will be remembered for Queven Kelleher. I hope I haven't butchered his name there, Trevor. Trevor and Dave will get you. Get me. The Irish. Uh, the Irish AI Mafia. Island. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they've got to get up the fields first. So. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, Kelleher, I mean, I think he pulled off two or three, what you'd say, very impressive saves on the night. Um, he was the shock on the, on the team sheet because Allison was out with a hamstring injury. Um and most people did expect old smoke hands himself to go in goal, but he was sat on the bench with a face like thunder, wasn't he? <laughs> Seems to remember oh, yes. the producers cutting to that. <laughs> uh, but I suppose, you, you, as again, you, it's one of them European games. That a lot of people have put a lot of hype into it, but I think this season without fans, football isn't football, and European nights especially at Anfield are, are something special, and it's the fans that make it special. And having no fans in there doesn't help at all. And I think, I think Carl said it on the scout support as well. We've waited years to play Ajax and this glorious tie of the Dutch total football and Liverpool, especially the way we are now playing in the most free flowing football that we've got used to over the last three or four years on the club. We all expected, you know, these end to end games, lots of goals, lots of chances, but. As it transpired, it was two goals over two legs and not much else. Yeah, that's it really. It's um we kinda of scraped through at this towards the end, didn't we? Uh well not not in terms of getting out of the group, but making it easy for ourselves. I think we obviously could have played stronger teams in in the last three games, but we well, we couldn't and we didn't need to. So yeah, the last the last three games were all just a bit scruffy in the Ajax game. Yeah, I, I think you're right there. It'll be remembered for, for Kelleher and that's all I remember from it. <laughs> yeah, but we did. Well, we got a favour in terms of the results on the other on the night from the other game in the group yes, was we did, didn't we? a one or draw with Atalanta and Mitchell and then I don't think anyone had that down as a draw. Um I think it was at Atlanta as well, to be quite honest with you. Um, so that meant we were, we were top of the group. We were on 12 points. Um, Atlanta and I actually both on eight. So we were unassailable group leaders. And we went to the Michelin game with what we were thought was a dead rubber. Um, you know, Klopp's going to send the kids. We shouldn't see any first teamers apart from those who need minutes, aka Simicass. Trent was coming back from injury. Navi was coming back. But, you know, it was, as I said before, it was, it was just one of them games. And I think if you missed it, you ain't going to go and search the highlights, are you? It was, it was very scruffy. And I think, if anything, it was very much like the game we seen yesterday. And maybe they were a bit more physical than Fulham. But it was not one to certainly write home and fill the news columns with, um, 
we we done the job. We we did see minutes for for players who who do need them. Um, even the likes of Minamino, and I think maybe for me that the star player on the night was Leighton Clarkson. Yeah, my main two takeaways from from that game were again Kelleher continuing press, um, Clarkson, as you say, Fabinho being mint, but obviously got subbed off, and then the team was less mint. <laughs> um, and... It was literally taking the adults <laughs> away, yeah, and letting the kids do whatever they wanted in that playground. Yes, it was. Yes, it was. Um, and again, Var, it was. I think he got both the decisions right. My annoyance was the presentation of it. Like the handball of Mana, like it took him literally like fifteen minutes to show us the angle. They showed it like looking like it was um, offside for ages. Then twenty minutes after the goal, they showed that he was onside, and they showed it for like two seconds. It's like all right then. <laughs> it was just very annoying. It was almost just, as if there was a delay just, in just between, say, like, say st- getting the information say Stockley to, Park with a I don't French even know accent. where to do that. I'm guessing it's in... Or, or Dutch accent, yeah. Neon. Is it Neon in Switzerland where they did a draw? Go on. <laughs> what the... F- Stockley Park. It? Was Dutch accent that was. Yeah, let's do Dutch. Yeah. Let's do Dutch. Um, you can, yeah. I'm not going to butcher a French accent. Stockley Park. We'll, we'll, go, we'll go Dutch, Jim. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, to be fair, it was a dead rubber. Might yeah, as well give him a, a training game. It was a far. <laughs> the referee was old enough to referee. To be quite honest with you, he looked about eighteen. Um, he, I mean, he got some decisions mm. right tonight, but there was a lot of rough challenges, and you know, we lost Jota. I think we we could have lost a couple more. Simakas obviously was on the end of a few rough ones, but yeah, it was. It was not a nice game, and I think they were all out to just prove a point that, you know, some of them might be looking for moves. I think it was mentioned in commentary. Oh, did they take a winter break off? Like that game, and, and when they yeah. play again yeah. in Danish football, we've got something like 18 games to play because they have. Yeah, so like they're not back till end of January, early February, and we've got like a massive amount of games, but. It doesn't help that they have a league. I think it's ten teams, so you know they can they can afford winter breaks and and whatnot. So mm-hmm. you know we, we topped the group. We went through group leaders with thirteen points. Atalanta um, scraped through. I think they had a one 0 victory against Ajax, um, so they went through with runners up, which then takes yeah. nicely yeah. on to today. Um, the Champions League draw was still got today. real saucy, Dad. Uh, Manchester United. Oh, sorry, didn't get anyone, did they? Uh, yes. They're in, they're in the other draw. So I have to remind the lad in work today. Um, David, David Silva's real saucy, Dad. So, so the real European uh, Cup draw. Um, RB My Leipzig. initial reaction was it was not Atletico Madrid. I take them. That, that's, no, that was that my was like I thought. <clears throat> I know them. there was Barcelona yeah, there, um, and there was easier games. Obviously, like it would have been nice to play Gladbach. Yeah, um, obviously, uh, champ- European Championship final and stuff like that, and they're a nice team. Um, but I, I, watching Leipzig, I don't I don't tend to watch Bundesliga, but watching them in the Champions League, the two games against United, I know they kind of battered United in the uh, the last game. But we're better than United, regardless of our injury problems. Yes. Um, so I'd, I'd make us favourites. Like obviously the second legs at Anfield as well, which helps. We might have yes. fans at the stadium yes. by then, hopefully. Um, depends if you ever let them in. But let, let's see what the crack is in a few months. But yeah, it's. I think it's a nice. It's like a nice new fixture. Like we we've played a lot. Like. If we got Porto, we were going to win, but we play Porto every couple of years, and it's a bit boring. Yeah. So I think it's a nice change, um, and I'm quite confident. I think the way they play, it'll suit how we play. Um, yeah. And it'll be nice to see, obviously we're linked with both their centre-backs, whether we get them or not, but it'd be nice to test them, I suppose. 
I, I don't know. I don't know after we drew them. <laughs> yeah. We won't play them against you. We might have one in January. Who knows? <laughs> By the way, can we have one of your centre backs? We won't. We won't play them though. Honestly, we won't play them. Nagelsmann. Nagelsmann. Yeah. Wink, wink. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, what's the guy's name? The manager, yes. Julian Nagelsmann. He's been to Anfield before with Hoffenheim. Claimed he, you know, the Anfield crowd don't intimidate me. I think we battered them like five 0 or something. Um, but you know, we can bring a nice it trendy outfit that he deems trendy anyway. Um, yeah. No Tommy Tuchel yeah. body warmer waistcoats though. None of that business. Um, well, he Tuchel Tuchel any. Um, but but Leipzig as a team, I've seen a little bit of them, not a lot. Um, I watched the United game in Leipzig. I think it was last week. Um, I did watch them the weekend before when they played Munich. They drew three three. Yeah, they give you chances, but they also cause a threat. Um, just mm. looking at what they've yeah. got in the team, like Uber Meccano and Kanate at the back of players we've been linked with. Um, Haidar is a Angelino is the biggest for it. Mukilele, I think he's the right back. He's very adventurous, <laughs> likes to get forward. Oh. Angelino doesn't play left back. He is he's left back by registration, but he plays left forward. Um, and then they've got like Unkunku up top. Uh, Poulsen can be a handful when he handful when he plays. Mm. Um, they've got. They've got weapons, I think. Maybe when they had Werner, that was the what the target that everyone looked at. But maybe he's not the big fish that everyone thought of, especially not at Chelsea. Sosbalai, um, I think it is. But Leipzig could end up with... Disney. Let's have a go at this one. Dominic Sabozlai from Arby's. Yeah, from Salzburg. I think he's the next, the next train to depart from Salzburg to Leipzig. Um, he's an exciting player and the registration rules have changed so he can then be registered for Leipzig mm. and Salzburg are not in the Champions League anymore so there'll be no conflict of interest there so if he goes there he's played against us before he was a he was a lively player he's got a lot of talent I know Dave and Carl both like him as well Um, I'm looking forward to it but what I'm not looking forward to is what I was telling you about uh, before this is the fixture list. So, if we fast forward to February, um, as of yet, according to the official LFC site, um, as we record this, there's been no set date of when the fixture will be played. However, it has been wedged into what week it'll be played. And that is week commencing the 15th of February. I'll just run through February's fixtures for us. Brighton at home, Man City at home on the 6th. Subject to change. Following weekend, Leicester away. Midweek, Leipzig away. Followed by a home game against Everton. It certainly so, could be season four I think on the bounce the, there. City, Leicester, it's obviously Leipzig, tough Everton. on paper, but at least Is the majority of them at home. Season to find? What was it? Leicester away? Leicester and Leipzig away. So that's not too bad. And obviously, Leicester's not a million miles away either. Um. Leicester away, Leicester away. don't have a, a reverse and implode again, so that game might be a bit easier by then. Obviously, they're playing quite well at the min. I think, I think the third at the min. Um, but we do, we do, we well, we saw what we did to Leicester last season as well <laughs> uh, at Leicester, I should say. Um, so yeah, I think it's tough on paper, but I think the fact that Man City, Man City's at home, Brighton's at home, obviously cutting out the travel time. In in after a busy period and, and during an important period, is, is quite important. So I, I think it's tough on paper, but the fact that quite a lot of them at home is 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 good. It's good for us, really. So I, we've not been lucky because they're obviously tough games, but we're fortunate that isn't the flip that isn't flipped round. Yeah, I, I get I, your point. I thought you were going to say Thiago. I was going to say put, up, put money on it. Hopefully, all being well, we get more than the 2,000 fans. Well, we might. Field, it's January. We can sign him again on loan. For the Man City game. Uh, 
for a game. Do you play Flipful? <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, that that is a tough period, and I guess we, you know, we can shelve Leipzig and February until then. Hopefully, all being well, we do have a couple more lads back, and who knows if we we dip into the market in January. And for what it's worth, the return leg um, is scheduled for week beginning the eighth of March, and that's wedged in between a home game against Fulham and the away trip to Wolves. So even again, the travel Wolves is an hour or so down the road for us. Um, Fulham's at home. So hopefully, you know, if we need a result in the home leg, we can, well, <laughs> this is coming after the Fulham result yesterday, uh, you might be able to, to rotate a bit of squad by then. And we, as I say, we might have a few more players back. But I think as it's landed, Leipzig is a decent draw. As you say, anyone but a Flesco and, the fixtures around it, I think the February one's a bit tougher. The home leg is always the second leg, and fingers crossed again, fans being back in the stadium might just be that difference that we've we've missed in our current European games. So that was us, but there was another seven ties drawn. So we'll go through them in the order that you've posted them in our little chat, um, and we'll start with the English team first. Manchester City. Gladbach, <laughs> you know, you 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 ain't going to see Man City get Barcelona this early, was you? But Gladbach, not a bad outfit, doing well in the Bundesliga. Exciting team. I think they beat Real Madrid in the Real Madrid reserve stadium. Um, got a lot of exciting young players, exciting manager. So that's no gimme really for City as, as yeah, much as they normally get the easier draw. I mean, Gladbach is uh, not the name that I think his first name is Mark well, Rosa the, who have the, the, the manager the start um, come back again aren't they? He, he's been compared to Klopp he seems to be a bit of a Klopp disciple and and, and Dave and Carl etc say you might be wanting to keep an eye on in terms of a future job for us obviously Dortmund sacked their manager um, so he might, he might he's linked with that one as well so might be wanting to keep an eye on um but I don't think it is a gimme for, for Man City. I think, mm, depending how you rate Sevilla, I don't think doing too well. Porto, who obviously City can't get because they're in the same group. Lazio, I think, aren't doing too well. Maybe Gladbach third or fourth. Easiest draw. So it's not exactly like they've got, what do they usually get, like Macclesfield or something, um, even in the Champions League somehow. But if Gladbach play like us, we know Klopp's record against Pep. It'll be a tough game, but it'll be a real test for for Man City. Obviously, the the front um, front line of I think it's an Embolo uh, player and Marcus Turam, isn't it? So I think that could be a threat to Man City. Yeah, I mean, Man City have been a little bit more tight at the back this year, but yeah, they're a lively bunch and, you know, they've got nothing to lose. I think this is the first season back in the Champions League for for many a year. Um, I don't actually remember them being in the Champions League at all. This could be the first season under the new Champions League banner that might have been the European Cup last time they they featured on this level. So they're out to obviously to give it a go and they've got nothing to lose and I think we said before the pod, it's a knockout stage now, so Man City usually the round after, but they have fell at this stage before. Um, they seem to get the jitters in the knockout games and anything's possible. So, it's beautiful. the one we all want to avoid was Atletico Madrid. It is really, I mean, and they've been I don't want to go fast Chelsea. But... I mean, Chelsea's one luck, strength Frank. at the minute seems to be that, pace that all you can say? Good luck, Frank. And, and space for Werner and etc. to to use. You don't get that against Atletico Madrid. Um, no, you don't. Like, and the seemingly better this year, Suarez up front with João Felix sounds nice on paper. You don't get much. Uh, I know they lost to Real at the weekend, but they always tend to. <laughs> um, but I think they're still. I think the second, but they've got games in hand. Um, so yeah, other okay. That's not bad. Yes. 
I think the level as well on points at the top with Sociedad do, for what it's worth, I've got Manchester United. So a quick search, yeah, they've got two games in hand on Sociedad, mm. um, but they're both level on 26 points. And they're both yeah. on a goal difference of plus 17. I, I, I think Adin Suarez is not something you'd associate with Atletico Madrid. Usually they it are. It makes them around much more of a plus threat. Seven, plus eight mark. They keep it a, a broken quite Diego tight, Costa but be... and Morata. I know Morata's doing all right at Juve, but mm. helps when you have Cristiano Ronaldo next to him. Um, but yeah, it, if Atleti have actual goals up top now, it it's a, it's a bit of a scary prospect for anyone, I think. Yes. Plenty of now, especially if, again, referencing the fans, but if there's fans back in the Wanda and Diego can conduct his orchestra like he did against us, that's no place no team wants to go. And I think it's only a small sample, but Chelsea against Everton at the weekend and Everton can be rowdy and moody when they want to be. It was only 2,000, but I think we're seeing already that Fans are having no influence on games. I think players have got used to playing without fans. And then when away teams are going to stadiums where it's very much partisan because there is no away fans and it might only be a small number, but they can make noise. And Atleti, when we played them, they made an absolute crescendo of noise. I think that's what maybe rattled us. That We're used to playing at Anfield with noise, but it's noise for us. And the constant sounds of booing and whistling when we had the ball it's got to be disturbing for anyone, so hopefully, <laughs> for Atleti's sake and not for Frank's, that there is some some fans in the in the Wanda Metropolitano. So I can't see anything other than an Atletico progression from that one. Um, mm. It's not as straightforward as anything else, but you know, if if they have got it, then Simeone is is a master in in knockout tournaments. So mm. on, on to their neighbours, uh, Real Madrid. Who, I think they somehow wormed the way through in the last uh, round of fixtures. I think they were going into it. They were third in the group and they ended up finishing top. Um, they've got our fellow group members, Atalanta. So, I mean, I don't even know what to expect from that one. Atalanta, we've seen the good and the bad, really, didn't we, in our group. And Real, it's been a lot more bad than Yeah, I could see it being interesting. Mean, Real Madrid again. Weekend, so... La Liga's on its own stupid channel in the UK, so I never really get any chance to watch it. Um, not like it's the, it, it's not exactly the peak league it was about two, ten years ago. But um, Atalanta, firm for their attack, we obviously saw it. Um, we we see highlights of it on from Serie A, and, and Real Madrid's defence seems to be the weakness. I think Varane has seemed to have stopped defending, <laughs> and Sergio Ramos, obviously great player but never really lauded for his defensive ability more for his goal his goal scoring and his leadership which is strange for a centre back. Um so yeah the the defensive weakness there for Real Madrid and the and the attacking um output of Atalanta it could it could be a fun tie though. Yeah, I suppose this draw sprung up a few 50-50 games and another one a 50-50 game and you, you've referenced them before is Sevilla versus Dortmund. Obviously, they've parted ways with Lucien Favre at the weekend due to a disastrous result, you could say, a 5-1 loss at home to uh, Stuttgart, but they are faltering a little bit in the Bundesliga this season. They've, they've got through the Champions League, but that one, Sevilla, I think they notched up I think it was 10 or 12 points in their group uh, with Chelsea they were they were outright them two at the top anyway with Rennes and Krasnodar but there's no no gimme in Europe Sevilla we've seen them win the Europa League on multiple occasions I think that one is if it, if Liverpool aren't playing that night that's probably one that you might just keep an yeah, eye I on yeah I think it'll be quite interesting perspective of, could be anything that's Goals, the big question card, who the hell do we get on we always tend to get the other big game I don't know one um so yeah, Sevilla Dortmund, it'd be depends who they get as manager, I suppose. Like they, I think I'm not sure who 
how well they did in the group. I did have it open, but I've closed it like an idiot. Uh, actually, I haven't. I'm just opening it now. But uh, mm -hmm. duh, duh, duh. elevator music. Yes, there we go. So, I mean, pretty comfortable through um, Bruges in third with eight points and Dortmund top of 13. So, the top yeah, pretty, pretty sound in the up. Champions League, but uh, Dortmund, what was it? Was it 5 1 to Stuttgart at the weekend? Or 4 1? It's not a good. Mm. Yeah, they had the last five one. Uh, at home as well, which was, I mean, they've they struggled this season in terms of what they had expected of. Um, they've played eleven, they're only on nineteen points in the Bundesliga. Leverkusen could be mm. the top on twenty five, Bayern and Leipzig on twenty four respectively. So. Going into their winter yeah. break, which I think is two fixtures away from now, seems um, the right decision. Like it's obviously not a huge amount, five behind. points. But the nominal two. They obviously bottled last season where they were in a promising position. Six behind Leverkusen. Um, yeah. I think it was the manager of the feet more than anything. I think there's been a lot of members that. Favre was not liked by the fan base and I know the fans aren't in the stadiums in Germany but he's just not been a very good fit there from the beginning um, and he sort of just rolled his luck with the likes of Haaland and Sancho and obviously in recent times he brought through uh, Gio Reyna and they've got Torgan Hazard there, they've got plenty of talent and I think they've papered over a lot of cracks, mm. especially at the back where they, they've gone back to Hummels who was Brought back from Bayern after his best years, they've they've slotted an Emre Chan there. Um, you know the the sort of plug and gaps. Um, I only know a little bit more about them because if I do watch German football, I do try and keep an eye on Dortmund more than any other team. So I know it's not being all roses and harmony in the garden, but on the European stages, you say they've done well, but Sevilla just have something about them in Europe where. They're a different animal, especially over two legs. That they, they, they can cause anyone problems. They caused us a problem in the one-off game where they beat us in the Europa League. But they're just annoying. Even when we played them, I think <laughs> the following season and two in the Champions teams. League, they, like, they give us a tough match, especially over. In I mean, Spain. if they were in, if they went down in the Europa League, you could probably just put your life savings on them winning it. It's obviously different in the Champions League, but they just seem to suit knockout football. Like. I, I, I'm not sure where they are in La Liga now. I think I've heard they're doing not doing too well, but Lopetegui seems to be or was doing a good job last season. Um, I could, I don't even think I could name a Sevilla player like outside. I think G, I think Jesus Navas is still there. <laughs> so it, it speaks volumes of not really recognised stars, but they always seem to do quite well, and it worked from pretty much what. 2005, I think they won the Europe, yeah, I think it was a UEFA Cup back then, I think, they just, they just seem to churn out, maybe not the big, biggest of prizes, but they just seem to be a, a weird force that just wins cups, <laughs> it's very, it's very strange, um, so yeah, I think that'll be a good game actually. Ready. Yeah. Lo and behold, they are in fifth, like Dortmund. <laughs> they're on nine, 19 points, like Dortmund. And they're seven points off top of the league. Yes. As we said before, it's uh, Atletico Madrid and Celsius. Yeah. But I think their issue this season is mm -hmm. they've scored 13 and conceded nine. So it clearly yeah. strikes as anyone that they've played 11, scored 13. They're not big goal scorers. Um, that's probably where the, their issues lie at the moment. Um but, you know, it's an exciting tie. Another exciting tie, probably the one that's got most mouth watering, is Barca versus PSG. The Neymar mm. derby. If he's fit, though, because he looks like he's broke his ankle, according to reports and a, a nasty challenge in the Leon game last night. Um, part, sorry, Barca, not the, the Barcelona of old. I think they've been broke since... Gini Wijnaldum and Divock Origi done the business, but it's still Barcelona at the end of the day. It's still Lionel Messi. It's PSG. They've shown 
that they can do things, but they've also shown that they can also well, just the other beat PSG is, that we know is in Europe. Against his next but it'll be Mbappé. <laughs> yes, of... Is he in the shop window to a move? It, it could be Neymar. Yes, there's a lot of subplots on the line in this, and I think this is the, the glamour tie on, on paper, if you want to put it like that, for the neutrals. The, the big tie, that was probably... You know, there's always there's always going to be one, um, and with Barcelona being in the the second position in their group, um, runs up to Juventus. They were always going to get someone tasty. So, I think this one will get more of a yeah. Neymar, I think it was, wasn't it? Is it but in Bar- right it was, was it when Barca? Barca PSG yeah. was the famous comeback. Mm, um, was it Sergio Roberto in like the 98th minute or something like that? <laughs> He's in Barcelona's covers. Four to five goal swing or something yes. like that. That's a, that's a very that's a that's a low age as well. It's probably about ten for me. Um yeah. this year's aged me about four years so um there's big players But it it's an it's an interesting time. Oh, God, not to say none the least, like there's there's big players. Absolutely. I mean both teams seem a bit terrible. Needed United to not to lose at home. Uh, actually, no, I think it was Leipzig who needed it, wasn't it? So that it was. Um, it wasn't easy going for PSG, and it's a it's a group they should have topped considering they were finalists last year. Um, in fact, they did top it. What am I going on about? But they should, they, yeah, they should have, they should have topped it comfortably. Let's let's rescue this point. <laughs> um, but uh, I mean, you just look at the team now. In it's the end, Neymar, Mbappe, Verratti as the big names. Marquinhos obviously good as well. But outside of that, I mean, the midfield is just a makeup of loads of Premier League rejects and Verratti, obviously. Um, Navas in goal, who's obviously affiliation with the Champions League. But outside of that, I mean, Kimpembe, he's all right. He's not really... I know Thiago Silva's a 112-year-old, but Kimpembe is not as good as him. Um, Kara, right-back, it's meh. Yeah. Couldn't name the left-back. I think, actually, it's that Bernat, isn't it, or whatever he's called. Um, Kurzawa, is it? No, that's Backer. Becker. I'm sure it was somebody else last week when yeah, I. Yeah, it's. Uh... Um, no, it was. Oh God, I, Jesus. Backer, yeah. Um, they got obviously like last week's lineup. Florenzi was the other one. <laughs> the more injury prone one who's playing more um, than the other. Paredes, Rafinha, the, the Alcantara that does actually. Play football yeah. this season. <laughs> yeah, and they got a couple mm. of players. I mean, Keane, when squad, like Di Maria, Diallo, oh, but Moise Keane's been Premier like a bright League light for them. Which sums up the, the season. He's like Keane. he should be like the third choice striker. Sergio Rico with like the goalkeeper, Cardi, and all that jazz. It's like what's going on? <laughs> it's just oh, they'll still easily win league one, you'd presume. But they don't care about that. They do that every year, apart from when Monaco have a really good team put together. So if they don't get past Barca, never mind the worst Barca in my lifetime, it, yeah. I mean, Tuchel might be out of a job by then anyway, but he'd truly be sacked if he can't beat Barca when, let's be honest, Messi can't be bothered anymore. And outside of Messi... What is the Griezmann, who's been a terrible buy? Usman Dembele, who can't stay fit. I think Ansu Fati, I think he's in. Yeah, I think he got like player of the month and then got injured, so don't even know if he'll be back. And they've got, again, <laughs> Premier League reject. They've got a Premier League reject for a manager, so you know. It's. Yeah, quite possibly. Possibly, yeah. I mean. I think this game is lose against sacked. Possibly, quite possibly, because yeah, I mean, Barcelona are struggling in La Liga. PSG 
they're not top of league on, but they probably will be by the time that game comes around. We did expect them to win that league. Barca, I think everyone knew going into the season it's Cummins a, a caretaker for the year, pretty much, and until Rings the, bell. the presidential elections. And I think they've all pinned the hat on Xavi Hernandez coming back from. I think he's in Qatar, isn't he, as manager? Um. So, I mean, Cummins if he if he fails miserably to PSG. Could just get the chop early, and you could just see a stopgap coming in for the, the last two to three months of that season. Likewise with PSG, Tommy, Tommy, Tommy Waistcoat could be out the door um, if he fails miserably to Barcelona. When you know last season they got all the way to the final, and probably that was their best shot at winning it. Um, and they, they never done it. They, albeit they were, I think they were lucky to get past Leipzig in the semis. Um, it's a nostalgia yeah, one, game, isn't it? As much as it's glamorous, it's probably, when you look at it, it's not that glamorous. It's just Messi mm-hmm. versus Mbappe and maybe Neymar. Yeah. I mean, that leaves us to that with, with two other ties to look at. Um, both involving Italian teams will start first off with Juventus versus Porto, I think. Uh, yeah, you'd, you'd think so. I mean, you've uh, what was the last the weaker bit of the team that anyone could have got. So, Juventus should see that pretty easy, shouldn't they? Did well. I think it was an easiest group, but they the seem to match Man City, all right. So yeah, it's, Juve should walk it. Really, I mean, I know they've not done well in the Champions League. Then they got to a couple finals in like three years when Allegri was there, didn't they? But the, since Allegri's left, I'm sure it's been what I think. Didn't they go out to like Ajax? Didn't even didn't they not make it through the group one year? That rings a bell for some reason. I might be completely wrong there, but they seem to be going out disappointingly early, considering. Well, just look at the team. Like they bought Ronaldo to win the Champions League, and it's not worked. So yeah. Hmm. Just wait till they get wait till they get Pogba from no. free. All they've done in that is the <laughs> Ooh, that difference rail, and you know. Managed to wrap up a few more Scudettos. Oh, that. Yes, I mean that. That then leaves us just with one, uh, one tie left, and the team that we couldn't physically face, but I think it's the team that everyone fears yeah. in the Champions League in Bayern Munich. Uh, the Liverpool old boys of Lazio with Pepe Reina, Lucas Lever, and Luis Alberto. Um, Nostalgia, it would have been nice to see them back at Anfield, but you know, as it was, we never got them. But again, this one just looked like a one way affair. Um, Bayern Munich just looked far too strong in pretty much anything that they're in this yeah, season. I, I think, would say, they'll probably even make Bayern with favourites us, ahead of us because they're probably the our injury top two teams you'd, you'd think would be get to the Champions League final, they won't be back. And if they were back, it'd be stupid to play them because would you want the first game back to be against Bayern in the Champions League? Yes, yeah. I know, probably, probably not. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I think Bayern are favourites. Just, just look at the team. It, it's stupid. Like, and they've added Sane on top good, of that. Good luck, mine and, and Robert there. There's other youngsters coming through. It's it's scary thought, and they should beat Lazio quite comfortably, and then hopefully we avoid them till we get Thiago, <laughs> etc., and Jota and Simicas back, and whoever the hell else is injured, and we'll be back this season, hopefully, at some point. So, yeah. Everybody. Yeah, so, I mean, if we avoid Bayern and Atleti, I think we could get to the semis. And then them two games. Anybody. <laughs> I think we'd be favourites in the Athletic tie because we kind of bottled it last time. Um, but the buy, the buying it. Well, yes, yeah. Well, now we wouldn't unless there's a massive injury issue. Yes, exactly. So I think I think the dream yeah, we final did. is we did be buying, but yeah, <laughs> getting. I think getting to the semi finals is, is is the target, and then the semi finals are more of a. A fifty-fifty, aren't they? So get get to the semis and see what happens. Yeah, yeah. So that wrap, wraps it up nicely. That's the the full round of sixteen. Um, quickly skimmed over by us two. Um, 
to say the ties aren't scheduled to take place until uh, middle of February. Too so much. we've got plenty Too of much. time um, until then. Just quickly, um, um, I'll probably all be on. Best me to say is, have you got anything that you want to plug I'm on sure this side? Um, well, I've got something on that's not football related on the free side from myself. What, what's um, me and Carl will be back with a one up. I've actually just scheduled that with with him. I sorted that with him. Uh, well, just as doing this podcast. Um, and over on EPL, uh, I'm about to go record with Dave. We're going to do the midweek game, so I'm going to go through them, get all our predictions wrong. So that'll be out tomorrow at four, and then on Friday I'll be back again with Dave doing doing the weekend predictions. So there's. Free free pods um coming out from me. There you go. Yeah, and wrap your ears around. Yeah, and I think we, we had a small chat before this. We're we're gonna struggle to fit in fantasy over the next couple of weeks with the games coming oh, thick and fast. We will maybe try and do a, a bumper edition if we can. Um Possibly next week because there's a Carabao Cup tie and I think we've got a gap between league fixtures. So maybe we'll try and fit one in there for the listener. Um, but we'll be back in the new year. Hope everyone has a lovely Christmas and hope 2021 is better than what 2020 has been. I mean, it can't be much worse, can it? Um, so hopefully you'll join us then and you'll enjoy the Champions League music and we'll be back in the stadium to cheer the Reds on. So until then, have a great Christmas and all the best for the new year. Miller, lovely cushion header. But Gerard, you beauty! What a headshot! What a head! The time to Luis Garcia. Tries his mark. Podcast Network.